Yo, what's up guys? First of all, I'm going to apologize for the potentially average sound quality. I am currently on a three week road trip around Thailand, so I don't have access to my normal mic. I'm not in my normal environment. I am recording wherever I get an opportunity to, and I'm using a little travel mic, so uh, I do apologize for that. So please bear that in mind when leaving a rating and review. Uh, Please leave me a rating and review because that allows me to grow the show. It allows me to reach out to more people. It allows me to get more people on so that I can provide better quality for you guys. And I invest a lot of time, energy, and effort into putting these episodes together and providing some high quality content um, with no monetary returns. So the only thanks I get is the thanks for you guys listening and those ratings and reviews. So please make sure you share this with anyone who. Um, you think can benefit from the episodes. Uh, next up, I'm trying something different. I've I've got so many friends that I have these really good conversations with, and I'm like, man, I wish we could have recorded that. So I'm starting a new uh, theme, which is the Coach's Corner, which I'm going to be running every couple of weeks, where I just get a good coach on, um, one of my friends, one of my colleagues, and we just shoot the shit about all of the Um, things that we see coming up with our clients, you know, the roadblocks that they come up against, the um, the common mistakes that people make, and the common issues that typically trip people up whilst they're going through their health and fitness journey. So on today's Coach's Corner, it's going to be a couple of parts um, where I've basically sat down with Marshall of Anvil Training and Development, and we have a conversation over about an hour, 20 minutes. So I'm going to split these episodes up into kind of two, three, four part mini series. Um, And I'm gonna drip feed these over the next couple of weeks. So the first part is all about the assessments that we take our clients through and what we use to have a look at any muscular imbalances, any dysfunction, any movement discrepancies, etc. So point to note is this is an hour 20 conversation. So you'll need to listen to all of these episodes to understand the big picture of what we're talking about. Let's crack on with today's episode with Marshall from Anvil. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of the Live, Train, Perform podcast. I'm your host, Sean Koba, and joining me today is my mate Marshall from Anvil Training and Development. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, man. Yourself? Yeah, really good, bro. Really good. Um, So what I'm thinking about doing, guys, and this is kind of off the cuff, uh, I reached out to Marshall yesterday and I met Marshall whilst I was doing my yoga course down in Byron Bay earlier this year. And he is a veteran, uh, former army soldier as well, who has transitioned into running his own business, which is Anvil Training and Development. And he works with veterans um, and Uh, general population clients as well going through the training side of things but also the mental health side of things so um, we've had multiple conversations over the last kind of six seven months since I've known him and it's one of those things every time I chat I'm like I need to fucking hit record on these conversations (laughs) so that we can actually share this good quality um, conversation and banter that we have so yeah um Marshall, welcome to the episode, mate. I'm really excited to have you on and uh, we're going to see where this conversation goes. We're just going to flow and we'll have a couple of things that we're going to touch on, but um, we'll just kind of see where the wind takes us. 
Yeah, fuck yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I keep saying to all my mates and I always message Tristan, like I swear I'm touching base with him like at least once a month, um, especially because of COVID and everything that's going on. Um, but I say the most valuable thing about that course was the people that were on it. Like it's always good to get a separate perspective on the kind of training you do and don't offer. Like one of the things that I'm massive about here in Brisbane is powerlifting. Obviously, we love lifting heavy stuff. Um, veterans love it. People like to feel strong. Um, it's, you know, it's great to work around injuries and things like that. But yoga is almost the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And that was one of the reasons why I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm not your typical yoga practitioner. I'll be honest with you. I haven't done a whole lot of it since I fucking got off that course. Um, but you know, one of the topics that we talked about on that course and Tristan, you know, kept hammering it into us is, um, you know, yoga is personal. Powerlifting could be your version of yoga. You know, riding a motorbike could be your version of yoga. So um, I think, yeah, getting on that course, doing something a little bit different and realising how valuable it can be to connect with people outside of your normal network is, um, yeah, just one of those things that that course really highlighted for me. Yeah, definitely, man. That's a that's a really good point. Um, and it is it is the network that is so important. And it doesn't really matter what the tools are. It doesn't matter what your jam is, you know, what you enjoy doing. Obviously, doing what you enjoy is fucking important. Yeah. All right. But then, you know, people become so dogmatic about, you know, that being the only way to do things. And I mean, at the end of the day, as a strength and conditioning coach, I need to understand how to get the best out of my clients. And yeah. that means I need to understand you know, the effect of sleep and yeah. nutrition and hydration and, you know, um, rehabilitation work and yeah. uh, hypertrophy and strength protocols, power protocols, speed protocols, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, yoga is one of those modalities that, yeah. again, it's a tool. It can be used at different times for different circumstances for different people. What was the biggest thing um, that you took away from that yoga course? Um, I yeah, aside from obviously the network and the people, um, I think it was about um, sort of movement assessment in a more natural space. Um, what I mean by that is a lot of people will do a, a pretty strict movement assessment when they first get their clients. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, It is really good to have an understanding of what somebody may or may not be capable of doing. Um, but I thought yoga was a really good way to see how somebody moves without putting the pressure of all these sort of tests and stuff on them. You know, you can take them through a warm-up sequence. You don't even have to call it yoga. You know, you're just taking them through some positions, um, you know, seeing how they, they might squat, seeing their ankle and knee and hip mobility, seeing their shoulder mobility, um, whether being in a certain position causes them any pain. Um, and you can do it with body weight movements with absolutely no external loading, no pressure, very little risk of injury um, in a pretty warm-up, chilled environment without ever having to worry about, you know, getting a, a measuring tape out or anything. You know, it's a pretty casual way of just saying, like, this is how somebody moves. This is what we've got to work with. Yeah, that's a great point, mate. Um, I've been running like a mobility flow, kind of animal flow style mm. warm up for many, many years. And it's something that I've, I've kind of put together through the multiple courses that I've done and different podcasts I've listened to and, um, you know, reading Kelly Starrett's book, uh, yeah. Becoming a Supple Leopard. Yeah, um, all, of these yeah, all of these resources that I've kind of, you know, taken the best of 
all of these models and modalities and kind of combine them into what works for me. And once we actually got on that yoga course and started going through sun salutations, for example, I was like, oh, I'm kind of already doing all this stuff already. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. It is It can be used as an assessment because, um, you know, the whole what I like about the sun salutations, for example, is that it takes your joints through basically their full range of movement. OK, yeah. it's missing a few it's missing yeah. a few things. But this is where, you know, our knowledge comes into play and we go, all right, cool. Well, this is missing a few elements here and there. So what can we apply at the right time to take our joints through their full range of movement? Um, because for me, that's a really good assessment. If you're missing mobility in certain areas or there's an imbalance between left and right, yeah. then that's going to yeah. affect your ability to get into good positions, have the right muscles firing at the right time in the right order, um, produce as much force, etc. But another thing that um, really stood out for me was the stability component, the stability and the mobility. It was a great assessment for looking at how people move. And if people are lacking stability and mobility, then again, that's going to affect their ability to, you know, get into good squat positions or get into, um, you know, be able to overhead press correctly and all that type of stuff. Um, Is there anything that you want to add to that? unfortunately dude for the past like 10 seconds it's been real choppy <laughs> and um and it sort of dropped out a heap so i didn't get most of what you said <laughs> shit sorry but um, no, that's so what i was saying problems yeah so what i was saying was um the the stability and the mobility component hmm. um of salutations and like a really decent warm-up you know i get people standing on one leg and doing some one leg uh one-armed um bottoms up kettlebell carries and things like that so i can yeah. assess stability um, and if people are lacking stability in certain areas, if they're lacking mobility in certain areas, then that's going to affect their ability to get into good squat positions or deadlift positions or um, bench press positions, overhead positions, um, etc. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I think um, one of the first things I ask when someone comes in, and I think this is pretty much the same for anyone in a coaching position, is what do you want to achieve? What are you here to do? Um, as you said at the start, I work primarily with veterans. Um, the guys and girls that I work with are already injured. Um, they're already, you know, they've done a lot of exercise. It's mainly been PT in the military. They kind of know what they do and don't like. Um, and that's one thing I wanted to touch on at the start is a lot of people don't realize what they do and don't like. Like they've got stuff that they've built up as like, oh, I just really love deadlifts because I get to lift heaps of fucking weight. Um, but their deadlift form might be shit. Or, and, you know, they really love or they really hate squats um, just because it hurts their back or something. Um, and so you get them in, they're like, oh, I just really want to lift lots of weight or something. And, um, and the first thing I'll get them to do is like, oh, okay, we'll just do a fucking squat. We'll just do some bench press and we'll do a deadlift. Not heavy not even like maybe even with a kettlebell or something goblets or and just being able to look at them and go okay i can see why you hate squats i can see why you love deadlifts um you know i can see that you're having some serious lower back mobility issues most people you can pick right from the start assessment or not what is wrong with their body purely by how they attempt to do some of the most basic movements in the gym so yeah, I think yoga is one of those one ways to just see that straight away. Just go, oh yeah, I can see your shoulder is fucked because you can't move it properly. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point, mate. Um, what are some of the assessment tools that you use when you first get a client come in and chat to you? Um, I think it is different, probably almost every time, based on what the person wants to do. Um, most of the guys that I train here 
want to lift heavy. They don't really want to run a fucking marathon or, um, you know, swim really far. Um, I think most of them want to be as pain-free as possible. Um, that's just the nature of being a veteran and probably having injuries already as these guys are they're probably dealing with sciatic pain. They're probably dealing with lower back pain and shoulder impingements just from the way the military trains people. Um, so I keep it super basic. If somebody wants to do squats, I will get straight away just get them to try and do squats. You know, after we go through a warm-up, I, I want to see them do that movement because um, in my opinion, there's only so much, um, you know, so much time I can spend bending someone's knee towards a wall to check their ankle mobility before I have to get them into a squat position and go, okay, so you have really fucking tight hips. Um, I think the squat by itself is a great assessment of how hips, ankles, and knees move. So that's something that I'll get everyone to do. Um, you know, we'll use boxes or no box, uh, depending on how old or in pain that person <laughs> might be. You know, you've got a really old dude. Um, you know, some of the guys I train are over... 70 so um if this guy wants to squat then it's probably straight to a chair for him straight away and then we'll look at moving away from it in future but i'd say the the assessment tools are different every single time um yeah but it's always to do with joint mobility i'd say yeah that's a great point mate um i want to touch on something you said there about every single person being different yeah. and working with what their goals are. And you also said, and this was a fucking light bulb moment for me when you just spoke about people wanting to be pain-free. Mm. When I first started out as a, as a trainer, uh, I got out of the army in 2012, did my PT course that year whilst I was transitioning, yeah. started my business later on that year. And, you know, initially probably for the first year or so, I was just fucking hammering people because that's what they wanted. So yeah. that's what I gave them. Hmm. Um, but very soon after that, I realized that every single person had pain yeah. and I, I was, I started, you know, paying more attention to my assessments and I was like, all right, why, why are your hips shifting to the right hand side when you drop down in the bottom of a squat, you know, hmm. you're lacking ankle mobility, lacking hip mobility. Um, yeah, you've got some lower back pain, blah, 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 blah. And then I would go down that rabbit hole. And like you said, I'd use that squat as an assessment. Yeah. And then from there I'd go right, there's something not working correctly. And what I've found in my experience is that for the most part, most pain is caused by weakness. Mm. And what I mean by that is if someone's weak in a certain area, so for example, if someone's um, left glute is weak because they've had you know, a, a lower body injury on the left-hand side when they're 15 years old, mm. they don't think that it impacts them anymore. Now they're 30 years old, but their hips shift to the right in the bottom of a squat. And you know, there's been some um, soft tissue damage. Um, there might be some uh, some adjustments to motor unit recruitment patterns, et cetera, yeah. that's causing them to shift their hips. And and now, you know, their left hip starts playing up or their lower back or, yeah. um, you know, that might even cross over to the opposite shoulder or whatever. So yeah. I'm using that as an assessment and then I'm kind of going, all right, there's something not firing properly here. How can I address that? Okay, let's look at, Again, if the if there's a weak muscle somewhere, then it's going to pull the joint into a poor position, and now yeah. you're going and loading that position. Yeah. So let's look at what's weak. Let's pull the joint back into correct alignment, and then let's 
strengthen the muscles that are going to allow that joint to maintain that correct alignment as that joint goes through full range of movement. So that's a really um, good point. And that's something that I've, you know, been putting together over the years is that I'll do, say, a squat, for example, look at where the imbalances are and then go and address that in, you know, as part of my warm up. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think you're right when it comes to pain being the result of weakness or, you know, muscular imbalance. Um, neither of us are obviously doctors um, and doctors like to use scans and, um, you know, all sorts of different joint angles and things like this to try and tell somebody something they already know. Um, I'm not trying to detract from uh, what doctors do. I think they have a very important job. Um, but one thing I do like to promote, uh, you know, downstairs in our gym is that they need to be aware of what's going on in their body the whole time they're here. You know, if something hurts, I want to fucking know about it. Um, and usually I can tell, you know, you can tell by watching them um, just by looking at their face when they try and get into a bench press position or when they try and do a squat or they're doing RDLs and something just doesn't look right. Um, you can tell that if they keep hammering that movement pattern, it's just going to become a habit for them. It's going to affect how they walk. It's going to affect how they sit. Um, I liked what you said about uh, somebody injuring themselves when they're 15 and then coming to you when they're 30 and and been like, oh, you know, I, that, that I was injured a long time ago. You just spent 15 years, you know, reinforcing a negative movement pattern and then you mm -hmm. want to come here and get fucked on by a PT. <laughs> like um, you might get fitter cardiovascularly, but you are also on the fast track to making that injury worse or getting an injury somewhere else. So, um that's yeah that's one thing that i really do like to smash clients on is not so much their level of fitness but how aware they are of what's happening in their body you know are you aware of any injuries right now is there any pain that your body's giving you why do you think that's possibly happening you know? yeah that's a great point mate um one of my assess the first thing that i do when i get a new client um after i send them an email they uh, you know, lifestyle questionnaire, uh, nutrition questions, yeah. injury questions, all that type of stuff. Once I actually get them on the gym floor, once we've gone through those those answers, the first thing I do is get them to take their shoes off. And if yeah. it's a dude, then take their shirt off. And if it's a chick, you know, get them to wear a crop top. And yeah. I'll just get them to walk up the gym. Yeah. And I'll get them to do a couple of laps where they're walking. And then I'll get them to jog a little bit and then gradually increase the pace. And yeah just simply by using that gait assessment yeah. can really tell me a lot about what's going on with someone. I, I've literally had people go through the gait assessment and then, you know, I'll say, hey, have you had any lower body injuries on the left side, you know, ankle, knee, hip, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to put that in my answers. But when I was, you know, 15 years old, I rolled, rolled my ankle playing soccer and you know, yeah. but it doesn't affect me anymore. And I'm like, well, that's where you're wrong because <laughs> yeah. I can fucking see that in your gait assessment. And that's at low intensity. Yeah. What's going to happen when I then, you know, if I can see someone's um, arch on their left foot collapse and their femur internally rotate, um, you know, and one of their hips is higher than the other, mm. um, their shoulders are imbalanced, their, um, their left arm um, or thumb faces in, they're internally yeah. rotated, like one trap's bigger than the other. I'm like, there's so many fucking... Um, muscular imbalances and dysfunctions here. And if I can see that at low intensity, what's going to happen when we start pushing the intensity? Yeah. What's going to happen when we start loading up with a barbell on your back or we start um, deadlifting or we start bench pressing or um, doing pull-ups or anything like that? And um, yeah, it's always, 
it's always uh, intrigued me, man, how easy it is to pick up on these imbalances when you know what you look for. And I've had multiple clients that um, have trained with me at Tiger in, in Thailand and they go home and they're like, oh man, I'm seeing so many people like walk like mm. shit. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. I, I kind of ruin people a little bit <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. I um, And I think it's worth saying for anyone that's going to be listening to this, that you're never going to be perfectly balanced. <laughs> like no matter how hard you try, anterior is never going to be as strong as posterior or vice versa. Um, you know, you can change your training program and really focus on your glutes and then suddenly you're going to have shit hips. <laughs> like um, it's just a constant battle. Um, and another thing worth noting is um, some people might uh, walk like shit barefoot because they don't walk barefoot ever in their life. You know, they might just be so used to shoes with arches that when they take their shoes off, everything's fucked. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, um, it's one of those things where like, I'd like to encourage my clients, like you need to spend more time barefoot because being barefoot helps you move in general. Um, but some people just aren't capable of being barefoot all the time. You know, if you've got a job, especially, you know, veterans, when you come out of maybe six, 10 years in the army, you've been wearing combat boots, whether they're issued or non-issued for that entire period of time. As soon as you get them to take their shoes off, their feet are going to be fucked no matter what. Like, um, arches collapse all the time. You know, you're getting valgus whether, you know, they know that they need to push their knees out in a squat or whatever. Um, but luckily, these are things that can be fairly easily coached. You know, if you know what you're looking for, you can teach somebody. Like, you don't need to wear shoes with hectic orthotics. If you do, and this is something I talked about in one of our latest podcasts and on our article about squats, if you do more squats and you focus on your foot engagement, you can actually build the muscles so that your arch is stronger. You can build the knee, you know, uh, the right knee placement just by building the muscles of the hips and the outer quads and the inner legs, stuff like that. Yeah, amazing point. Um, I want to touch on that in a little bit more detail because you made a really good point there of, yeah, we grow up wearing shoes all the time. Mm. Now, I've spoken about this numerous times. If you're kind of new to this podcast or you haven't been following me for long, um, I do encourage people to go barefoot as often as possible mm. within yeah. reason to tie in with what Marshall said. You know, if you if you wear shoes for 16 hours a day, you know, going from wearing shoes 16 hours a day to only wearing them 12 hours a day and then you're spending four hours barefoot, that's probably going to be too much for you. So mm. as with everything, it's about progressive overload. And I've um, had my, you know, a heap of my online clients that I go through a movement assessment with them. I go through a movement screen. They send me some videos and I'm like, cool, I want you to do these drills barefoot now. And then we simply assess how they look and how they move with shoes on and then with yeah. shoes off. And then it's like, all right, cool. Every time you go to the gym, all I want you to do is your 10 minute warm up. I want you to do these two, three, four, five drills for your warm up barefoot. And that's yeah. it. Then you can put your shoes back on. And all we're doing there is just connecting to those feet again because mm. we, like you said, we people are wearing shoes all the time. Like you're fucking born and your parents put shoes on you. Mm. Now, something that we need to consider is that um, your feet actually have a lot of feedback receptors in them yeah. that drive the um, proprioceptive system. So the proprioceptive system is our ability for our brain to figure out where we are in time and space. And if you're wearing shoes all the time, it's like wearing a cast on your feet. 
You know, if anyone's broken their arm, they wear a cast for six weeks, they take that cast off and their fucking muscles are gone. Not mm. only are their muscles gone, they've wasted away, they've atrophied. They're also not connected to those muscles either. So it, there's a use it or lose it principle. Now, yeah. it's the same thing when it comes to wearing shoes. If you're wearing shoes all the time, then the stabilizers and the intricate muscles of the feet are going to switch off. Mm. And then, you know, that's going to affect the feedback loop um, to the brain to tell you what should be happening with the feet, where you should be engaging with the feet and not only through the feet, but then that carries on up through the chain, you know, mm. up into the lower leg, the upper leg, into the hips can affect the back. And like I said earlier, you know, everything's connected. The kinetic chain is, yeah. is, is your whole body linked together. So that can um, contribute to issues in the opposite shoulder, up into the traps, the neck, etc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a good point there is, you know, you don't want to go from wearing shoes all the time to not wearing shoes at all. Mm. You know, you want to just add it into your day every now and again, take your shoes off and just a, a good point that, um, a good tool that I use is when you go to the beach, you know, yeah. take your shoes off and when you yeah. walk through the sand for like five, 10 minutes, just feel your mm. feet working and grip the sand with your toes. And, you know, you might even do this on the grass or whatever's available to you at the time, mm. maybe even your carpet at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's those groups of people out there that advocate for, uh, you know, shoeless grounding techniques where they talk about, you know, really squeezing the dirt and it's going to channel your chakras and put you back in touch with who you really are as a human being. Um, That's probably the same people that are doing the fucking the butthole sunning as well. I imagine it is. <laughs> um, but these people are not entirely wrong, just like, you know, most people that are that are pushing a certain agenda. They're not always 100% wrong. Um, spending time without your shoes on is extremely good for your brain. Um, it's used for uh, stroke survivors in their recovery. Um, if you've, you know, if people have had a stroke, they try to get them to spend more time um, without shoes on because your brain is making these new connections that it spent potentially most of its life deadening um, Alzheimer's prevention. Uh, they've found that spending a little bit of time without their shoes on actually helps with preventing Alzheimer's because your brain is you know it gets used to just one point of contact the shoe is on so it doesn't need to worry about what's going on underneath it just does what it does um i completely agree with you when it comes to warm-ups um do you warm up barefoot that's all it needs to be um spend time you know if you've got the ability to go to the beach regularly or go to the park and go for a walk barefoot yes i think that's great obviously we can't expect people to spend their entire lives barefoot um but the way that i do it is um, i'm pretty lucky because i don't really have to wear shoes when i work i can walk around my gym barefoot all day if i wanted to um but when i warm up I always take my shoes off. I do um, a set of squats barefoot before I warm up. I do sets of lunges barefoot. And a big part of the lunge is feeling how my toes bend. Um, is my arch feeling sore? Am I getting foot pain just from uh, dorsiflexion? Because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, their ankle mobility is linked very closely to their ability to engage their toes. You know, it's their ability to create an arch. Um, the arch isn't just something that you're born with and that it stays there forever. It's muscles, you know. So um, if you can use them, then you won't lose them, like you said before. That is it from me today, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation with Marshall in today's episode. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode with Marshall where we dive into some of the biggest uh, issues and roadblocks that our clients face 
You can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Cobes. That is K-O-B-E-S. Uh, please make sure you pass this off to your friends and family, anyone you think will benefit from this, and any five-star ratings and reviews are appreciated. Much love, guys. Peace.